Hello, listener. This is Randy from in the future again, or for the first time. I don't know. Time travel is confusing that way. Oh, hey, this is the episode with Patrick from Make Dad Read Comics and Almost Educational. In that case, I'm here to let you know Patrick's audio is a little a little wacky for the first uh, first little bit, but about 15, 20 minutes into it, it straightens out. Sounds great. Uh, this is a fantastic episode. Enjoy. Now, I need to get back to episode 100 somehow. Future Randy out. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, more roundabouts will replace intersections and traffic accidents will decrease. But sales of drama mean will increase to offset the motion sickness from people going round and round in their cars. This is Jesse. In the future, the U.S. president will take up transcendental meditation and will become so chill that trending worldwide in 2019, hashtag the Trump abides. This is Patrick. In the future, we'll all transverse around in jetpacks or jets and cars, and the president will be called presidential at least four times on Tuesday. This is Melanie. And in the future, many of our electronic components will become organic. So when we become cyborgs, will we really be cyborgs? Hmm. No, I don't want that. I want a robot body. I don't want no <laughs> organic robot body. It, well, when I, it when I'm doing cardio, na- I don't want to feel my legs. But it's going to have little nano things in there, right? Ugh. So they're, can not, it be plant- you'll still be immortal. They'll can go and fix everything as soon as If I still feel the burn, broken. is it progress, really? Can it be plant organic technology? Well, I mean, it's kind of... Plant robot. It's going to be like, like 3D, 3D printed meat, you know, basically. With, nano, with little nanobots in them. God, I mean, just delicious. Made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to go retro and be the brain in a jar. <laughs> brain in a jar. Forget about it. Brain in a jar, yes. <laughs> That's a good Spiro point. Agnew's body. <laughs> Ooh. Welcome to the Growlix Podcast. This is episode number 62 with conviction. Yes. And you may have noticed from our future predictions that we are joined by a, a, a fourth party. Uh, we have Patrick from Make Dad Read Comics and Almost Educational here. How's it going, Patrick? It's going really well. It's uh, not horrifically cold in my area of the Midwest today. It's bearable. Like, uh, my lungs didn't start on fire when I ran this morning, even though I had the cold. So things are going really well. My lungs didn't start on fire when I got out of bed and walked into the other room. <laughs> Mine didn't start on fire when I went outside and smoked. <laughs> when you went outside to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh. fine. <laughs> they can handle Sun- it. Sunday is my day of rest, so there was no burning lungs today. Oh, good. <laughs> and, and not for religious reasons. I was going to say it on the seventh I day. Jesse like rested. to sleep. I just like to sleep on Sundays. <laughs> Me too. No, well, yeah. I didn't get to sleep this weekend, though, because I had to read two books. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about the one now in retrospect. <laughs> two, two books. I mean, uh, she did have like three weeks. Hey, hey now. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> um, 
she powered through both this month, both of this month's books since last night. I was since, ex- yeah, since today. It was after midnight when I started. I was very impressed and nervous the whole time. I got him done, though. Was it this one you read after midnight? Both of them. <laughs> it should... Oh, this is an after midnight book. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, as long as she reads this book, because she'll like this one better than Daredevil. For sure. I did. I did. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, figured, I figured. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. This is right up your alley. Uh-huh, it is. <laughs> yeah, so this episode we're going to be talking about Black Hammer, and we'll get into like how that came about in a moment. And then, since we mentioned Daredevil, uh, next episode this month, we will be talking about Daredevil. Ooh, which one was it? Uh, Born Again. Yes, Born Again. I kept thinking it was Apocalypse or something. Uh, one of the uh, like issue titles. Like oh, okay. The, or I guess chapter titles mm-hmm. if you're reading it like a trade. Yeah. Okay. was Apocalypse. Okay, then that, that's good. Purgatory and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, we mentioned this on the pre-show, but uh, I, I feel like it bears repeating for the real show. Uh, and if you're interested in the pre-show, where would we find that? Patreon.com slash Podcast. For a dollar a month, you can listen to all our pre-show episodes. Yeah. And you could... And other things. You could get more if you gave more, too. And, right, actu- right. and actually, not to sidetrack your point, Jesse, don't forget what you're going to say. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to put a pin in it. Next month is our four-year anniversary <gasps> month of the Grolix podcast. Uh-huh. Um, oh. And I'm, I will have lots of things to drop. There will be new things on the actual podcast feed. And then also I have all kinds of goodies that I'm waiting to drop on the Patreon. So uh, now would be a good time to jump on our Patreon if you want to help us out and get like extra stuff. Yeah, and you can all set a table and we'll have candles and it'll be romantic. Speaking of setting a table and having uh, like awesome anniversariness, today is, as we record, is Randy's birthday. So happy birthday, Randy, on air. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday. And by the time this episode goes up, it will have been Melanie's birthday. So happy birthday to Melanie. Oh, Thank happy you. birthday, Melanie. Yeah. Happy birthday, future Melanie. Yes. Future me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we have a weird thing. What do you mean? We're too close. Our birthdays? Yeah. No, it makes it easy. We can celebrate both of our birthdays at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Do you not like that? It's just strange. <laughs> it's, I did that with my sister all my life, you know? Oh, oh no. Oh, so you, <laughs> so you still don't get a good break. I never have my own birthday. God. Okay, well. Shh. Melanie, we'll record- tell us about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry well, I went, I went, I went in, yeah. psychotherapy on this thing. Yeah, I got it. You got half of it. <laughs> I'm talking oh, about my mama. <laughs> Already a Grolix. Grolix. <laughs> Oops, sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of Patreon, uh, again, I want to say thank you to our newest patron. Sam. Sam. Thank you, Sam. Sam from Woohooligan. Woohooligan. <laughs> oh, that's good. You can't hear it without giggling. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's fun. It is. It's a great name. I guess let's do some let's do some in-house news. Jesse had some stuff. All right. So, uh Andrew Schmidt, who is a longtime friend and uh Grolix podcast listener, uh is also owner of Andrew's Clay Creations. He's launched a YouTube channel. And you can find that at youtube.com slash Andrew's Clay Creations. And Andrew is well known for creating tiny sculpted figures out of polymer clay, uh, needle felt, and this 
stuff called Warbla, which is kind of like I feel like if you were going to make uh, domino masks for like Robin or the Green Arrow or, or any of those guys or even plague masks. Uh, that's what like this Warbla stuff does. It's kind of like it's like it looks like leather, but it, it like molds like clay kind of. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, on his YouTube channel, he he doesn't really like. Uh, teach you how to do it but he kind of uh does like time lapse videos of him doing it kind of thing uh and he creates these one eye blobs uh he's a good friend of mine uh personally and uh he he does he uh listens to the show and uh has been a good supporter so wanted to go ahead and give him a shout out we talked about him uh i guess it was several episodes back now but he did the cool swamp thing like bus yes yes yeah, some and- of that is warbla too that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy domino material. Cool. And he makes one-eyed blobs? Yeah, one-eyed blobs. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's a good man. He's a good man. Yes. Yeah, he seems yeah, he seems super nice. I've only ever interacted with him on online, but he yeah, he seems like a super nice guy and he's very talented. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I okay, so uh I was thinking this. Um back in January, uh we got a tweet from Patrick that uh, said that you were going to join the MP3 club. And so I feel like you had something to say about our January episodes. Uh, and I think that I can't remember what the what the books we were reading were. But I do know that we talked extensively about the uh, Christmas special of Doctor Who. Yes. So that's what I was on. What uh, what do you think? <laughs> the, I, I think I, I have a guy I work I, a guy I teach with has a very similar like taste in Doctor Who as I have. And so we both had like a long kind of uh, roundabout debate on if we liked it or not. Mm-hmm. And the big takeaway I had was when I first watched it, I said, I, I like this a lot. It was low key. Um, it, the world wasn't ending kind of stuff. Da, 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 da. And I, I think maybe that was Melanie's take on it a little bit more so. And then you guys got into the, the, the debate of like, should the old doctor, the first doctor have been kind of funny dud doctor of the 60s since he's an eternal creature? Maybe he would always be quote unquote woke uh-huh. and not uh sexist and uh like i was going to respond to that and then i sat with my the, my my coworker and like his big complaint was finally what i had he was like you know what i liked it wasn't like it was a good send off for a doctor and we just didn't get a new doctor thrown in midway through we got a finally a good send off and i was like you know what that's all i cared about too we got to see the uh, paul the doctor all the way through that was fine with me everything else is everything else and so like I sat down to record the MP3 and I had all that stuff I just said to you. I kind of went around in bouts. And then this coworker's echoing in my head of like, at least we got to see them all. At least we got to see them all. Don't worry about the rest. And I was like, you know what? At least we got to see them all. Yeah. So that was my that was my big takeaway. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I did jump around a lot. Like as you guys were going through it, like I I, I had I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was getting more, more fired up. And like I, the, the internet, and the internet was amplifying it. So like when I got on the internet, I'm like, yeah, what's the internet saying about this? This this the worst idea. And then so I just sat down with another human being and talked about it. And we just came to the ending. Like he was like, you know what I liked at the end? He was like that we got to see Capaldi for like 50 minutes straight, and it wasn't like him becoming the next Doctor and regeneration i like that and i was like you know what i like that too that's all i cared about too. yeah that's a good and that was that's kinda, a good that point my mm-hmm. takeaway yeah it was a lot of capaldi and that's what you need especially when like i don't know i liked capaldi a lot i, I, I thought he was great i was say i already I miss too. him and he hasn't even been gone yet <laughs> yeah well and for me like one of the nice things it was a nice clean break from one doctor to the next i i think 
there's a lot of like one of the things I, I don't like about modern Doctor Who is like the reverence to go back from like two series ago and be like, do you remember this? Do you remember this relationship? Do you remember this? I'm like, oh man, like I I I, I don't want I if I want to remember, it, I can go watch it on my DVR. Or, you know, I don't need to go have you know these interceding flashbacks all the time and stuff. So like, I kind of like the clean break and this is new Doctor and like a new companion. Like everything starts fresh. Let's go. Right. I, I, I like that. I, I like that kind of Doctor Who. I mean, they did do a. Re- Remember this, except they went back like 700 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Remember yeah. this 52 years that's, ago? That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that meta nod where they were like, how many episodes <laughs> yeah. ago? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't years. It wasn't yeah. regenerations. It yeah, was previously cool. 700 and something episodes and ago you, or 800, whatever it was. They can't keep track of that anymore anyway. He spent like however millions of years in some kind of like torture cube or whatever the hell well so they they don't even know how many how old he is or how long it's been salon shaking my fist Mm. (laughs) moffat specifically would randomly jump them like 300 years in age between episodes sometimes yeah so that yeah it not that it was really plausible to keep track of it before because the writers were inconsistent but Mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't matter but i I don't know well so much of that dovetails know what i think we're reading this week of like continuity and in universe and out of universe kind of stuff to where comic books and television shows and stuff I like that exist in continuity. I, I mean, I say it all the time. My dad read comics when my dad gets confused on something. Mm-hmm. I literally just wave my head with my hands. I say comic books or TV oh, yeah, shows. It doesn't, it doesn't yep. matter. Like it doesn't ultimately matter. Like, and the more you get bogged down, the less you, you enjoy it. But I, I even caught myself doing the same thing. Melanie, I was like, well, you know, really, I mean, how many years old is, I mean, like, then I was like, Oh my god! What am I gonna abacus out my my phone out? Like it just sucks all the fun away. Abacus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Someone true, was. But... Someone got the abacus out. You yeah, know sure. your math and hard. Well, when, you when I went on the abacus. internet, I sure found out there's there's lots of people with lots of kind of abacus feelings about the episode. The point where I was like, oh my god, the people have horrific takes that have nothing to do with my take on this that I don't need and clogging stuff up. And I get it because I you know I think we all have tendencies to do that kind of thing sometimes but people like to nerd out super hard on the technical details and stuff and when it comes down to it, it's like well was the story good yeah does this like inconsistency or does it or even slight plot hole like does it ruin it nah well then then you're good right plus as fans we can justify a lot in our own headcanon so that's true (laughs) exactly well my big issue with everything is a fan trying to um import their their version of the story on everything else like like there's this there's especially in the age of the internet um i'm sure it was like the same thing with zines and stuff but like there seems to be a a real push and pull with the creator and the fan base and then i think with anything politics and fandom and anything else in in sport out there that there's a fracturing of the fan base and it's just the loudest voice it might not be the the largest voice but the loudest voice then gets it's say and you can see it start to like mutate and manipulate the product after all like the x-files is a good example of that if you guys watch any of the reboot in the x-files i don't know if you're x-files fans i was not, at not, one point but i have not watched the new ones. okay it's oof, like it just it, it it's like nothing against fan fiction but it feels like someone went and picked out like fan fiction that existed mm. in the years where x-files wasn't on and they were like we're gonna adapt these scripts and this is what we're gonna do because fans seem to like this and it's like this is just bizarre i mean it, it, it's just bizarro it's bizarro world stuff it doesn't make any sense 
Oh, maybe I should. Hmm. Watch I mean, it. logically, plot hole storytelling makes no sense. My love, my favorite one, my favorite X Files were the ones that made no sense. That one with the aliens. Remember when oh, that that one with the aliens? Well, no, when, when they were Uh-oh. they were researching <laughs> some some couple that was on the road, and they got they were talking about aliens oh, from space, yes. and then there were other aliens that they said, or I don't know, not aliens, I guess, but from the center of the earth. You remember that one? And and it was like told yeah. from three different people's perspectives or something. It was hilarious. I love that one. That's my favorite. <laughs> Jose Chung's from Outer Space. It's the name of the episode. It's the it is yeah. the best episode because it's just it's everyone's got a different retelling of the story and it gets crazier and crazier and makes no See? sense. But it's so funny. But, and I'm I'm struggling to think of a good example offhand, but I know what you're talking about because because we are now occasionally getting shows that are like, hey, the show that was canceled 20 years ago, we're bringing it back, and it mm-hmm. does feel weird, and sometimes it feels like it is. It, it's like fan fiction or. Or something, or it's just not a good product. Like Futurama was the best show ever, and then when they came back with it, the didn't, new, it felt weird. It was wrong. It was, and it was not as good. That's yep. a good example. That's yeah. There you go. Like Futurama. That's a better example than Xbox, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the change. I mean, obviously, I guess just writers or well, and the perspective people, on it from the the people that had been working on it. That was one of those ones that they did stick to their story. Like they had it. Like they were. On it. Oh yeah, Futurama was crazy with their um yeah their it, canon their consistency right. So they had like a the people that worked on it had a history with it, and that's why it was as good as it was because they were like really smart people and they were there the whole time. And then you just get rid of them all. It's not going to be anything like it was, you know. Well, I think a lot of large part was just you know greed and fear and fear of your mm-hmm. fans. You know, gr- greed to make more money off a product mm-hmm. as, as long as you can, and then fear of you know if you have existing fans that you're making money off of that you know you're going to lose them or you need to, you know, expand the base because they're dying off or aging out or whatever it is. And you just, you know, I, you get a lot of recycled things. I always wonder that everyone says that um, in media, there's no always old ideas are being recycled before the, the whole, I mean, this is going to be really scholarly nerdy. This is not, this is almost educational talk here. So get ready. <laughs> but like uh, all, all that media itself, mass media is not something that's existed for a very long time. I mean, so like, who knows if this is not the the next evolutionary cycle of everything being recycled? That it, it's just going to be that this stuff's all going to be repurposed a bunch of times until there's a next big breakthrough. Oh, edit all that out. None of that made sense. No, I I get what hammer all that out. I get what I get what you're saying. I, I do um, because it seems like we're getting more properties based on I, I guess member berries or whatever. Like remember this mm-hmm. or nostalgia versus like new properties. Yeah. And Heather's. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Except, except real, Fuller real House. Bad. That's really good. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't <know. laughs> My tongue is firmly in cheek there. Uh, uh, Fuller. That's not even a, that's just have, a terrible title. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, is that, I mean, God, how long, like longer than the Grolix podcast has been around. We've been complaining about reboots mm-hmm. and, and remakes and all this. Like, so I wonder if eventually that, I love them. I want. I'm, I know you do. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to fade out, or if we're just going to like you know start doing more 90, mid and late '90s properties, and then eventually we'll be doing early aughts properties, and like it'll just keep. You know, I'm I'm okay along. with like. I, I think the best way to do that is uh, what we've seen with like Stranger Things. Like, go ahead and have it set there, and have it uh, reference that stuff. But let's not just let's not just remake Blade Runner. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm not even bagging on the sequel because I like the sequel. But I mean, like, let's not just cart out these 
old properties to to do them again. Like uh, one of the most frustrating things I think I've read in recent weeks is uh, is that uh, they're trying to get Bill and Ted three made, mm-hmm, and of mm-hmm. course they want Bill and Ted three to be a sequel. And and you can argue whether or not Bill and Ted need a sequel or not, but uh, the problem they're running into is that people just want to reboot mm-hmm. it with new teenagers. Like that's no. what the, that's what the studios want to do, rather than well, tell yeah. us a story about yeah, middle-aged characters that uh, you know, like a new story about these old characters. They want to tell us an old stare, uh, an old story with new actors. Well, that's yeah, because the studios perpetually want that demographic for one. Um, they don't want an older demographic because I'm guessing any money that the younger, the teen and twenty-year-olds have are just like much more disposable than a lot of adults, I suppose. It's true. And then also, you put new actors in there, you have the potential for a longer-running new franchise. And uh, yeah. Right. Well, how about this? They're old. Have them have children. And their children are their right. freaking focus of it then. Woo, there you go. Yeah, and that's they've already satisfy had both. I mean, like, well, yeah, that they happened had ba- in the last movie. So, yeah, yeah Bill so and Ted already have kids. How old are they now? If we did the... Yeah. If we... I mean, right. Oh. But I want to find out how they, I mean, they, they always talk about how they like change the world, but then they never, they didn't t- even tell them how. That's, Do something. that's how, that's what this movie is supposed to be about. They're in their middle, like they're middle aged yeah. and they still haven't, uh, they haven't written the songs that changed the world. Uh, Bill and Ted three face the okay, music. I'm actually Bill and Ted of, face the music. I'm actually kind of on board. That's a, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I want to see that now. <laughs> it sounds like a fairly smart and charming script and it's like, uh, they can't get it made cause they, all these, uh, movie houses want to just start over with new kids. Hmm. They will go to Netflix. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. They'll yeah. do anything. Yeah. Go to Netflix. Huh? Okay. That would be good. They'll, Netflix will do anything and actually usually kind of turn it into something good. So yeah. Right. Amazing. When's my birthday present coming? Oh, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> I, anytime. Anytime. I can turn it back on. Netflix. Melanie's birthday present, what she wants is me to turn my Netflix <laughs> account back on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be one of your birthday presents. I didn't get you two. You can't get me two. In the past. <laughs> In the past. Because <laughs> this is the future. All right. That was that was a good. That was good. I can't, I can't believe the Doctor Who talk turned into all that but (laughs) right do we want to move on to our feature topic i'm ready our feature topic i think so okay so patrick when me and jesse had went on make dad read comics i think we picked the book didn't we you did yes so so this time when it we invited patrick on and uh kind of threw through him the options like so what what do you want to talk about what should we read and uh he gave us a few options and we we landed on Okay, before I get to it, most of his options had black in the title, and I thought that yeah, was I don't know why it wasn't like I was like I was going off a list that had like black like like a like a alphabetical list. They were just popping into my head. Maybe I just alphabetized things chronologically. Oh in my yeah, head. sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but we we settled on we settled on Black Hammer, and uh, man, I think I'm I'm out of the loop on new comics coming out because mm. I have not heard of this. And it's not like this is by some unknown or anything. Well, I realize that I have kind of a blind spot for Jeff Lemire because uh, I've I've heard that he does excellent work. And I've heard about his run on, I think it was Hawkeye. And Randy, you've even talked about on this show, uh, Jeff Jeff Lemire's run on uh, Moon Moon Knight, Knight, I believe. Yep. 
but but really, I don't think I've read a lot of Jeff Lemire, even though he's pretty Mm -hmm. prolific, or he's he's written a lot of things that people uh, generally like. So yeah, call back Mm -hmm. there to Brian (laughs) Kavon. What what have they done? Oh, things people like. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So so Patrick, why why was this? I mean, other than. I just liked it, I guess. Why was this something you thought we should read? Oh, three things. The the thing one is, uh, I I love Jeff Lemire. Like, I I'm a huge Jeff Lemire fan. Uh, he's from Essex County, which is literally across the the river here from me, where I'm sitting now in Michigan, uh, in Essex County, Ontario, which is just south of me. And he wrote a series called Essex County, which is all about Essex County, Ontario, and it's kind of like a farm town, and it's set in a trilogy i think the first one's called ghosts or three ghosts about hockey players the second one's about a milkmaid but they're they're really beautiful then he went on to write for dc comics and he wrote animal man i fell in love with him in animal man and i've met him mm-hmm. twice and had him do sketches for me so i, I like him a lot Ooh. but i also gave this to you because this is the only thing right now that i read other than i think spider-man monthly like like pull list comic books and, and the floppies that, that i still pull that i still enjoy it's that much to go get uh, and the third thing would be like my dad just I just know my dad would never understand a single page of this. Like I, okay. I, I, I could I could have my dad, I think, read comic books for 20 more years and I could give this to him because he's he has kind of tabula rasa. Like he's got about a six month reset of what he can remember. And the rest is like shapes and figures. Oh, OK. And like okay. like just there'd be so much explaining with this comic because it's so meta that his brain would just melt. Uh, I would, we'd never get the, I, I would just be too frustrated and turn the recording off and we would just pretend like someone was sick that week. We couldn't do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah. I was going to say side, uh, side note. Uh, I noticed there's no, uh, you said next week, there's no make dad read comics. Oh yeah. yeah. Legitimately sick. There's, there's oh, legitimate yeah. sickness that, that went through for me to him to everyone else. Like we just couldn't line it up. Oh yeah, it's well, it's going around too, man. Um, but I thought I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, maybe there's a no, 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 no. It was like that. <laughs> and the flu shot this year is ineffective because of the flu that's going around. It's not the one they gave us. Oh really? That's well, true. I, I never get them, but in the in the trade of this of Black Hammer, he he did an afterward. He wrote an afterward, and he was talking about he initially come up with this idea, and it was after what Essex Essex County or whatever that for yep. his first book. Yep. And before he ever worked for any of the big two, and that's part of why he wanted to do like this, this book kind of hit my, I don't know. I have this weird soft spot for knockoff characters, for analogs, for mm-hmm. big company characters. Right. Where right. it's like, oh, well, that's obviously this character. Yep. That's obviously this character. And I don't know why, but I love that. And uh, so he wrote this before he'd ever worked for the big two, but didn't get around to actually working on it till after he's written you know, several of the characters that I'm sure he like kind of om- wanted to homage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I found that kind of interesting. That's, that's how it was pitched to me when I, at the comic book shop, when I went and I said, what the hell is that? And I pointed, you know, to the, to the books, I, I've long kind of fallen off, like checking the websites and what stuff is. I just go in and go, oh, this looks good uh, and buy it. And my comic shop does a pretty good job of recommending stuff. I just said, I don't really go in there much anymore too. So I feel bad, but he, he pitched it as, um, this is Jeff Lemire's version of Justice League. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. But that's not exactly what this is and mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. at, at yeah. all. And then when I read the afterward, I was like, oh, my God, this is so much more than, you know, Jeff Lemire's Justice League. Uh, th- this makes so much more sense. 
Yeah, that's that's a pretty good summary. It, analog characters is a good way to sum it up. And it is not about somebody trying to beat a train. Beat a train? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what... John Henry Irons? Yes. That, oh, yeah. that's okay. What the, okay. Or John Henry. John until Henry I, Irons is steel. <laughs> until I started reading it, that's what I was like, is this about that guy? Because I remember funny. that story from when I was little. But That's funny. Uh, yeah, so Black Hammer is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Dean uh, Orm- Ormston, and at least on this issue, colorist is Dave Stewart. And this started in 2016, and it's currently ongoing, right? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I think they ended it, and they're going to start a, a second series they're, in the universe. Yeah, they're planning to end it here in April, I guess. Is oh, interesting. The, the next last run or whatever. I don't want to spoil too much by what I mean by how they're going to plan on ending it. Okay. Okay. How should we tackle this? Do we want to just give a summary? Do we want to and talk about what we thought about it? Or do we want to kind of like go through it? I feel like we got to do a summary for this thing because yeah. I, like I really, I really want to. Because <laughs> okay. there's so many ways to try to explain this to somebody. And uh, I think they'd all be comical. So, okay. All right. Yes. Um, first, Melanie, you, when you were asking me what this was. Yes. What did I tell you? I told you uh, something about you take is that if you take um, a bunch of superheroes or their you know counterparts, the kind of whatever. analogs, yeah, yeah, and you uh, did like a real world thing where you you know where you stuck, stuck them all in a house <laughs> together and then we're like, okay, now let's see when people start yeah. getting real or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I, I had that reality show vibe too, yeah, yeah. You stick them on a farm, yeah. <laughs> So. And you're like, what you mean? It's like- all fun and games until somebody has to milk the cow. <laughs> no, when you said put them on the farm, yeah. But- Millie was like, what you mean like they're farming the superheroes? I'm like, no, they just live on a farm. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more entertaining than you would ever expect. Uh huh. Because yeah. that's legitimately true. <laughs> it's It's much more of like kind of a family drama not like a family like you know it's a drama about it is a family they may not be traditional but they love each other yeah (laughs) yeah Um, yeah it's more of a family drama with these superhero characters well and that was kind of that was kind of like one of i i had like two or three different explanations one of them was uh was uh this is what happens uh if you were forced to play farmville four years after it was still popular (laughs) Um, <laughs> and, and then my other one was like, we're, we've seen so many superhero comics where it's all about, um, what they do as superheroes. And this is the superhero comic where we see them actually forced to be their alter egos. Mm. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Well, that's interesting well, because then there's also the wrench thrown in on some of them where yes, they're forced to not be their alter egos like, mm-hmm. um, golden Gale. Oh, sure. Um, sure. They're I, forced. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I have a, a. I'm trying not to, to to only base my summary on this of the first six or five issues of what the, what the first volume would be, uh-huh. because I've read it beyond. But I pitched it to people when I get like my cousin Mark likes comics, so I always pitch him on this, and I said like, imagine you know if there was all the golden age and early age silver silver age superheroes, and there was a like a, a crisis on infinite worlds, and they all got erased from existence. But their existence is stuck on like a farm out in the middle of Iowa. Like this is what happens to them. They, you know, they're no longer being written about, but like they're still existing, and they can always be pulled back in mind by the, the comic companies at some point. 
like here, here's them in the little side pocket universe. Uh, so kind of like what happened to Marvel in the nineties where they just shunted them all off to be reborn. <laughs> yeah. A little <laughs> Only bit. It's yeah. a farm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> like that, but on a farm. <laughs> yes. It's a good thing. They, they should just establish that with everybody's like origin story. It'd be like, and they came from wherever with powers from this pocket world that they might one day have to go to and wait a, a while until we need them again. It'd be a nice way. To, to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a good hand wavy way to say that. And this comic books, pocket universe. Yeah. yeah. And they'll never die. Really. <laughs> okay. They're standing by the catering table. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It makes things lots easier when they bring him back from the dead all the time. I also like the kind of the, the narrative, the way we would get a bit of some of their backstories. Mm, the horror one was the most the final obvious. Uh, when the tr- yeah. The, the, yes. The, the way you're saying like the, it's structured how we're introduced to the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I should. You know, do you want to talk about like who the the main characters here are? That yeah, yeah. Got shunted off. There's Slam Bradley or Slam Abraham, and he's kind of like an analog for Captain America or like those two fisted Batman type fisticuff heroes of the Golden Age. You have um, oh, I'm gonna say his name totally wrong. Barba Barbarian Barbarian. Yes, Barbarian. Yeah. And he is like your um, John Carter of Mars, Martian plus Martian Manhunter, shape changer. Mm-hmm. You have, is it Golden Gal or Golden Girl, right? Gale's her name. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's basically kind of a reverse Shazam. It's exactly what yeah. she is. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like uh, for sham or something like that. I, I, yeah. I laughed when I read that. It, it, it is good playing words. And then you have Colonel Weird, who is like your Adam Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I mean, he even looks like like the color schemes Adam Strange. And then wears Madam, a space suit all the time. She, yeah, exactly. And then Madam Dragonfly, who is like a witch, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. She's like mm-hmm. Raven or something, yeah. Well, I, you know, did you guys ever read House of Mystery or like Tales from the Crypt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, because in that final issue, he kind of breaks the fourth wall where she's talking to you, the reader, as if the Crypt Keeper or like House of Mystery used to do. Where like they yeah. say, oh, I'm going to tell you a tale. She's a, a, an amalgamation, I think, of like one of those characters and like Raven or um, uh, Madame Xanadu or something. She's Elvira sure. with less hair and boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep, there you yeah. go. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not until you get to that the issue that kind of focuses on her that you get the bit where like like Patrick said she breaks the fourth wall where it's oh she's like the uh, oh what is his name a lot of the old like EC horror and the old horror pulp comics would do that where the comic book would have a central character that most of the time wasn't even in the stories they were mm-hmm. just the they were yeah the crypt keeper or whatever the narrator right but Uncle Creepy know, or something right yeah yeah exactly. Who is um who is the uh, like female robot? Uh, who is who is that an analog of then? I don't know. I I, I struggle with that. And later on, <laughs> there, there's some stuff they play with that I don't want to spoil in this first issue. That it, it could be lots of stuff. But uh-huh. I just assumed it was always like there's always a robot sidekick type character in a lot of those stories. A lot of those those early Golden Age and Silver Age stories. Mm-hmm. See, see, I was kind of thinking it's like the reverse of Iron Man. Like Iron oh, Man that's pretty good. is yeah. a mostly robotic body, but he's a human inside kind of thing. Where uh, this is the same thing, only it's totally a robot, but it, she's more human than some of the humans. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't direct. I yeah, I didn't think of a direct comparison to another character for a robot, other just other than just like you know 
What what's her name? Talky walkie. Yeah. Talky walkie. Talky walkie. I was th- I kept thinking of Helper from uh, Venture Brothers. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the robot character. Yeah. So how do we frame this for the listeners? Because I I feel like it's like we're kind of hinting at what's going on here, but it's it's difficult to explain. Like we've tried to explain it. uh, We've each tried to. The basics is all these heroes at some point were fighting not dark side. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the the anti-god, which uh, I love that too. And there was a big explosion. They succeeded, but like to the rest of the world or Spiral City or whatever, they died. Well, it turns out they were somehow transported to this rural town this farm and they cannot leave the the town and in this book anyway it doesn't specify what happens when they leave but they hint that bad things happen when you try to leave so they're stuck are they hinting that black hammer tried to leave because it sounds like black hammer was there with them for a moment oh yes we don't we don't yeah because we don't get the full story on that right and black hammer is a thor-like character who literally has a black hammer uh, and it's laying in a field, and they all kind of just nervously walk around the black hammer whenever they think about leaving. And that's uh-huh. like the indicator, like you can't leave, and bad stuff happens when you try to leave. Oh, I, that I, I, that would have been awesome. I wish I could have seen that. I'm a little <laughs> slow. I didn't, yeah, I didn't connect that it was black hammer. For some reason, I was just like, well, he died. He died in the fight or something. But that doesn't really make sense. So yeah, good okay. point. And they've been there ten years at this point when the book starts. Is it ten? I think so. They yeah, think yeah, they've been there, there ten okay. years. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's affected them all differently, you know. Like, yes. Like some of them are okay with it, and some of them are like really not. And they're they've, they're keeping their superhero ness a secret from the rest of the town, which is problematic because the the reverse Shazam character she is permanently stuck in her Shazam form, which in this case is a what like ten year old girl or an eight year old girl or something. They said fourth grade, so um, yeah, probably like nine or nine or ten. Yeah. Yep. Whereas in reality, she's a 50-something, 50, 60-something-year-old 50, woman. I had a question about that. Is she Does she age? Because if they've been there 10 years and she's been nine the whole time, that itself should be, you know... Yeah, I don't know. A big, weird thing for the town. No, I get the imp- no, I get the impression that she doesn't age because they've been there, what, 10 years? So yeah, right. She's right. just been and that that's, age and, the whole time. Oh. And that's part of the weirdness of when she has to go to school. Uh, uh-huh. and, the, and there was that moment where the kids on the bus are like, oh, here comes that weird kid again. Like... Of like the, she has to not only she have to go to school as a fifty five year old in fourth grade, but she's not aging. She's always a perpetual nine year old girl or whatever old she is. Mm. And then robots got to stay out of sight. Uh, fortunately, the Martian Manhunter character can shapeshift. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what's the, who's the other Abraham oh. Slam? Abraham Slam, yeah. He's yeah he's taken to it like he a great deal. kind of yeah he enjoys the lifestyle. He's like the one of them that but he gets of, to leave. Right. Well, because exactly. he looks normal. He's, he's There's nothing weird about him. Yeah. So he gets well, I guess to kind of live a normal life there. He can. And so, so can the, uh, the witch character. She can look normal. Through magic, yeah. Yeah. But right. she doesn't like to leave the, the, what the is cabin. It, the, the cabin. The cabin of horrors. Yes. Well, yeah. T- technically, Colonel Weird can, can look normal too, but yeah. it, <laughs> which, which leads... takes a little more effort for on his what? part. And, and, the be- and the best part, it, Colonel Weird it, is so strange that... We don't even know at that point if he knows that he's made himself look normal because like when they're like, hey, that's a really uh-huh. nice thing you did. He's like, huh? You're like, what I do? And he's like, well, you know, time's funny. I don't really get it. You know, like he's yeah. he's very affected in terms of like he comes in and out of a para zone, almost like kind of like, like the phantom zone mm-hmm. where like he comes in and out of reality and kind of exists as this temporal ghost. He 
is he was yeah i really liked that character i thought he was yeah. super interesting and then when you oh, get he's the best to character. his chapter it's kind of horrible like it's heartbreaking yes. because the the weird like random stuff he says earlier in the book you kind of then see through his perspective like this happening mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's not just like kind of funny and weird that's kind of heartbreaking and horrible mm-hmm. so like yeah he his character's fascinating to me it makes me think of I don't know why, but it made me think of um, what is that book with the smiley face? The blue Watchmen? Watchmen. Yes, the blue guy. When he's talking oh, about yes, um, uh. stuff in the like in the future, like he's been there and it doesn't, you know, I don't know. That that's what that guy makes me think of. That like it is sad because oh. he already knows all the all the horrible things that they're still going to have to go through. You know, when he goes and sees them. You're more on the nose than you know, Melanie, in the, in the future Ooh, of the, of the nice. series. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> also a swamp thing uh analog yes I that. Uh, yeah i was uh, yeah i've been biting your time on that one yes uh-huh. it's like yeah randy is, he, is he's all over that i know but he was just reduced to like her like accidentally made lover boy His side yeah. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tragic swamp thing yeah yeah he was just a love slave swamp thing at least I feel like the, we have an episode title there. <laughs> I love Slave Swamp Thing. <laughs> I mean, he's just a, like, yeah, he's a minor little character in Madam Dragonfly's backstory, but mm-hmm. it was fun. I want to know more about her cabin because that thing kind of, seems kind of awesome. Yeah. All those rooms. Well, that goes, again, that goes back to the idea of uh, if you ever, I mean, I only recently in the past couple of years read like the old House of Mysteries, House of Secrets from like EC and then DC horrors. But that was one of the the crux of there. Like the, a character would stumble into the house of secrets and walk through a doorway and then bad stuff would happen to them and monsters would come out and like, they, you know, there would be some kind of story that would be involved with it. Like that was an homage to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't read that stuff two years ago, I would have been like, Oh, that's cool. I had no idea, but like even more so I was like, Oh, I get that reference. One of those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't really add to the story anymore. So it just, I, 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 again, all of it's speculating. I think that's what he's playing on there. We kind of have like a, a secondary story arc going on in the background too, where like, uh, everybody that's left behind, um, and they're trying to like, uh, was it uh, black hammer's daughter yes. trying to figure out what happened to them kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, like we, we kind of see that come, come to fruition at the end of the, uh, the volume. But, uh, so things have gone on without them kind of thing. And right. we get to in see Spiral that City. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it only touches in on in with her a couple times, but that does set up the big cliffhanger for this volume. Were they amnesia her? Yeah, Madam Dragonfly. Why would you do that? That's so stupid. Well, I don't Wait know. until after you dun, find out what's dun, going on dun. first, and then amnesia yeah, her. Yeah, dun, I mean, dun, dun. you know, what? at least find out how she got there before you do it. You know, God. It's well, it seems like she knows some stuff, and she, that she does. It seems like Madam Butterfly knows some stuff that she doesn't want the other people to. Know. <laughs> Madam Dragonfly. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well, that's, that's Madam Butterfly. <laughs> that well, that's. I mean, come on, that's obviously right. kind of the joke there, right? Yes, it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But the, the butterfly. It was the butterfly effect. <laughs> but and, 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 and it's a great kicker because structurally, the opening issue is Black Hammer's daughter back in Spiral City, t- telling you the reader that 10 years ago the anti-death god whatever you know the not i mean what is the the not dark side is Mm -hmm. shows up to um destroy earth the heroes get thrown back 
into wherever they were thrown back, including her father, the Black Hammer, and she's going to go find them. And then we get five vignettes of the five major characters interweaving into the, the storyline of um, Slam trying to date the, the local waitress. Mm-hmm. And then how mm-hmm. they all come together as like a family and, and function, you know, while they're stuck 10 years. And you get, I, I, I did, even reading this the, the third or fourth time, caught up in the, the family drama story of like Slam trying to have a family of these misfit superheroes who, to greater and lesser degrees, like being stuck in the small town or don't mm-hmm. like being stuck or, you know, could barely function as, you know, people like uh, Colonel Weird or, or Madden Dragonfly. And there's all these little hints dropped of what might happen in terms of um, uh, if you try to leave throughout the story, because there's a, a point where Gail, the girl who is not Captain Marvel, says to Colonel Weird, hey, you can take us through the Parazone, right? You can bring us back and, and get us out of here at any time. And then, you know, he gets his faraway look and he says, I tried it one time and the result was too good or too grave for one person. So, like, they all know there's, there's a possibility that they can get back to their universe, but they mm-hmm. don't know how to. And they're, and, they're, mm-hmm. and they're scared of how to. And they won't discuss how it is. You know, it's like any family. You don't, you don't discuss the big horrible thing that you all know you, you could do, but it might be a horrible thing to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one thing. Like, we kind of focus on the superhero aspect, the interesting backstory for uh, narrative devices they're using. But the bulk of this really is just their relationships and how they're dealing with this situation. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what makes, at least for me, made this stand out. Do, do none of them know that the uh, the Barbalian guy is is gay? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Well, why would Gail have made a pass at him on the roof? Yeah. Point, yeah. I think. yeah. Well, that's weird that you would live with people for 10 years and not n- not tell them or they wouldn't. Well, but out. they're all kind of hiding. Like she's, oh, yeah, no, he's but been hiding everything. Yeah. I would talk about my life though. And I'd be like, my boyfriend, you know, is whatever a guy. But they kind of set up that on Mars where he came from, yeah. like it was not accepted. And then you've got in his well, story, he made a pass at his police, his cop partner yeah. and, that did not go well. I saw that. So he's he's obviously you know he's a he's a closeted guy. He's hiding it. Well, that's just sad. Well, especially in more because ways. Than, I, go ahead. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean he's say, closeted a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's I mean it is a little surprising because him and Gail seem kind of close, mm-hmm. but she obviously doesn't know because she's infatuated with him. If you could shape shift and you were homosexual and did, couldn't handle it why wouldn't you shift it shift him to the opposite sex Ooh, uh well that's mm. deep okay i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry well yeah that gets into gender identity and stuff yeah okay i mean sorry. it's an interesting point but I, I mean i don't know yeah we don't know the answers to these questions anyway let's move on <sighs> no uh. <laughs> well, well the, you, you know they the one of the interesting things is they've all got um I always call it like superhero problems, like the, the, the after effects of being whatever powers they have. And then mm-hmm. they just have real world functioning people problems. Uh-huh. Like they're, they're, right. they're both, they're, they're both bad at being both things at once. And, you know, both identities are, are struggling um, mm-hmm. for different reasons, which is again, really well done. Like uh, it says, I mean, I know you guys probably haven't read a lot of Jeff Lemire because when I first read Jeff Lemire, all of, all of his stuff I read before was all like, Indie comic stuff to regardless degree, like um Essex County and Sweet Tooth, where mm-hmm. it wasn't superheroes, capes and tights, and I kinda was like, Oh, this guy's gonna do Animal Man and Swamp Thing. And then later on, like Hawkeye, like, I don't know if I want him doing that stuff. But you know, 
I, I, you know, again, I'm not a big timer. I did meet him and we did talk about, uh, loving like Ron's age comics for like an hour at a con one time, but like hmm. he really loves this stuff and like wants to do this stuff more than the indie stuff, but kind of started doing the indie stuff and was like, you know, this is fun too. I'm going to marry both things together. And, and I've seen other takes on this that I don't think are as seamless as this is, mm-hmm. but this is pretty right. seamless genre bending. And I think too. Yeah, it's it's good because it, you've got obviously you have the superhero thing going on, and then you have the more um, I, as he would describe it, like indie indie drama thing going on, indie comics mm-hmm. kind of a uh, real world drama and character work, but also like at least at this point in the story, there's a lot of mystery going on. So mm-hmm. the scenario itself really ties it all together, mm-hmm. and then within that, everything just kind of works pretty well. I kept thinking of um, Planetary and how uh, is that Warren Ellis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Planet. You know, like he he likes to use a lot of analogs too, but when he uses analogs, it feels more tongue in cheek, and this feels more like a love letter. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. And I like them both, but they, they just like two different takes on on how do you use an analog. Do you have? I no, well, it's not. It doesn't really have anything to do with this. I just had a question. The the Captain America type character. I can't even remember anybody's name. Uh huh. Abraham, Abraham Slam. Yeah. Okay. It, does he even have superpowers? Because it didn't seem like he did. It seemed like that one guy trained him, and that was it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I I I don't think he really did. Okay. No, I don't think so either. Because like you know, that's interesting, Melly. Because I, I I thought he might have. Because they uh, they did the whole thing where um it was very Captain America like he tried to enroll uh-huh. in the mm-hmm. army uh couldn't and then trained to become a boxer. And then mm-hmm. just was like a two-fisted hero. No, I don't think he does. Because then there's another flashback later on where he meets the Black Hammer, who's kind of a yeah. to him. Oh, yeah, uh, straight and, up. And, and, and says he's kind of too old to fight this Cthulhu doctor monster thing. Yeah. Cthulhu. Oh, I know. God. I'm oh. sorry. I know. I'm sorry to derail. I forgot about that. That made me laugh. Cthulhu. I thought you'd like Cthulhu. that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Perfect. Uh, and and uh, I, I think he ages. And so for him, this idea of retiring on a farm fits in perfectly for the rest of them like where they don't age right or they have powers that make them immortal or whatever else yeah like mm, being stuck on a farm for 10 years would probably be pretty bad yeah but he's he's basically normal anyway normal dude yeah yeah okay i thought i thought i thought that was the case but i was just just checking i want to know does the not martian manhunter hook up with the uh minister guy (laughs) <laughs> well, don't, find out. don't spoil it i'm guessing <laughs> i'm guessing it pro- just because it's it's a comic book and drama i'm guessing it doesn't go well but i don't know i, I mean maybe maybe i'm off you, on my coloring but i it. swear that guy was blushing a bunch when they were talking last i time. kind of like it i kind of like this like relationship that they're pretending i'm rooting for up. him i'm, I'm yeah. rooting for the martian yeah exactly. is it a martian or is it just an alternate world it's i mean martian. i just he's think martian. Of him. Yep. he is martian okay yeah uh, well, I'll just say there's moments of joy and moments of sorrow. Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Nice. Let's talk about Gail. She's, it's kind of alluded to. Man, she's I mean, a complex character. Oh, yeah. They, she, she, she's not really like an alcoholic. They don't call her out as an alcoholic, but alluded to a very foul-mouthed alcoholic 50-something-year-old woman in the body mm-hmm. of an eight- or nine-year-old. And so I thought that was interesting. And obviously, like, she gets a lot of focus, so that's something that Jeff Lemire found interesting, that situation. Mm-hmm. Would suck. Yeah, like, it's not really even played for laughs. Like, it could kind of be, and it's amusing mm. sometimes, but... 
I would. I would. It does eat that. I would. It does sell how miserable that is. I that would she's be trapped in so this unhappy. Body. I would hate to be a kid forever. No, well, no way. I would hate having to go to school all the time. It just. It. It. Well, it would. I would be very, very, very upset. And they don't really. At least maybe. Maybe they did, and I just didn't pick up on it. Like they don't really establish it until she says, "I miss." I'm. Well, I'm paraphrasing. I miss having boobs, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. Oh, okay." Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't really care about my boobs, but still, but it, it's, that sells the whole point of like, no, she, she should be, she's a woman. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you couldn't get laid. That would suck so much. How, how, I I can't believe everybody doesn't completely understand her problems. Well, you know, it's not like you're being stuck at an awesome age either. Like 25 years old would be yeah. a, a yeah. pretty great age physically to be stuck in. Right. Mm-hmm. Compared to being like stuck in a nine year old's body. Yeah. She does have her superpowers. Yeah. I mean, not that it doesn't hurt yeah. any good. Right. There's there's definitely the bigger mystery of, like, why are they here and what's the scenario? Why is she stuck mm. there? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. stuck in that. Why is she stuck storm? without her powers, but that other chick's uh, cabin comes with her? Mm-hmm. That was a question I had in my brain. Well, that, that's a good question, too. As I say, because one of them is magical, but they're both magical. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe that's something to do with the rest of the series. No, I don't oh. think no. <laughs> And I will say there's there's uh, there's series where we've read one volume for the show and I'm like, oh, well, okay, I'm good with that. Uh, This is one I'm going to have to read the rest of. Like there's books where it's like, obviously, we read the first volume. It continues on. It's like even if I really liked it, I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I don't always feel extremely compelled to like track down volume two and continue. Um, But this is definitely one where, yeah, I I would I'd want to read more. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I done good then. All right. Yeah, good job. Oh, yeah, no, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I guess we didn't even really get into our actual opinions, but I enjoyed this quite a bit. I liked it. I, it was a it was a pretty quick read. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the other reason, too. I, I, I didn't want to pick something that was going to be super laborious and take forever to get through. Because uh, that's the other thing with doing the podcast with my dad. I found um, in terms of getting it done like a week, usually we record a week ahead of time. But like uh, even for me, like – Anything above five or six issues and it's dense it just becomes mind numbing quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 glad. I kind of yeah suggested. Well, which of these books that you recommend would be a quicker read? Yeah. Because we had, and it didn't turn out to be that bad. But we, I know we had for next episode we'll be discussing Daredevil, uh, Frank Miller. So it's like late '80s comics, and I was like, mm-hmm. that tends to be quite a bit more dense. Yeah, yeah. and even though even though technically. This one was longer. It's a lot quicker read. It, yeah, isn't it? it went it went way faster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but I I don't know if we're wrapping up, but I want to get one thing in with the D. Mormonson on the uh, uh, artwork. Like he had a stroke in 2015 after the first issue, right? Yes. I think it was. Yeah. Before it was even uh, put to press, and he had to relearn how to draw with his left hand. So all of this is drawn by with him relearning how to draw his left hand. And if I didn't tell you that, I don't think you'd notice it uh, from page to page. Yeah, I only know that. Yeah, I, I'm glad you bring up the art because I do kind of want to talk about it. Um, it's kind of a mixed mixed bag for me. But I only know that they mentioned it in the afterword of the book, and I wouldn't have noticed. Like, the first issue he did before, and then, yeah, basically he had a, a stroke, and then it took some time before he was able to continue on the series. But I couldn't tell. Mm-mm. And go back and look, and, like, you can't tell, like – it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. So you said you had mixed bag reaction to the art. Why is that? I'm just curious. I, I, 
I th okay, so I think the art looks nice, and I like that it's not. And again, maybe I shouldn't read that afterwards, so I don't have this this insight from the creators, you know, covering right. my judgment. But I do appreciate that's not the super standard superhero type uh, style. It's this not the standard comic book style. And Lemire said he he liked that because he didn't want it to just then turn into another superhero book, right? And for certain things, I think it works well for the horror stuff, the the Colonel Weird stuff, like his his vignette, his backstory, like uh, that stuff it looks fantastic. And the art looks well, but I'm just not wild about the faces and the of style. People, the style's just the a one, little funky. The women in particular, like especially when it does close up, they all kind of look the same. I don't like the, I mean, this is just me, but I didn't like it. I've seen other, we've read other books there. It's like this, they have too many lines on, on their faces, the, mm. the, some of the people. Mm -hmm. And I, and it distracts me. Yeah. His, his character model anatomy is kind of, kind of uh, off-putting for me too. Uh, this mm -hmm. is interesting in terms of, this is pretty close. Not, I, I'm not saying he's aping because I've seen him draw uh, Lucifer before. Uh, and it looks very similar to this, not exact same style, but this looks very like Jeff Lemire's style, by the way. Like, if you've oh, ever yeah, read, yeah. Uh, so like when I first picked this up, I was like, Jeff drew this too. I was like, oh no, he did not. But um, yeah, it works really well for the weird stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. I would say because it, uh, he's a 2080 artist, and I think it's got that 2080 look and feel to it, more mm -hmm. or less. I, I know, I know that it's a magazine or prog, whatever they call it, that changes over time, but. Um, I wonder what this would look like if it was drawn like um, a golden age superhero comic all the way through. Yeah, yeah. No, you know I, what think I mean, that or a romance comic of the fifties or something. Yeah, that, they had romance comics. That's so sad. Oh yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> oh they yeah. Did. Yeah, I mean, not to say it would necessarily be better, but I, I think, yeah, either of those would would have still fit it really well. And again, like his art's not bad. It's it's definitely good, but yeah, it's. It's kind of grotesque. It's kind of ugly. Like the characters are ugly. I think the backgrounds look good. I like the layouts. The coloring. He is was much good. more interested. Yeah, he's much more interested, I think, in drawing landscapes and monsters than he is, you know, nine-year-old girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Not to say the women necessarily all like. Not that they look the same. Like you could tell who was who. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any issue there. But like when it would go to close-up, the nine-year-old girl, uh, Madame Butterfly, and. Um, Abraham's girlfriend, I can't remember her name. The waitress, yeah, I forget her name too. They they all look very similar. They're all very, their lips are the same and they're like kind of small, like mm -hmm. um, it, small in their face and like, but they have the big kind of round face heads and like, yeah, it's just similar and I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan of. You like chicks with big lips, huh? <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not saying it's not, it's not any preference like that. It's just uh well then I I then I read the the bit about the stroke and I was like maybe I shouldn't say anything but I'm like it has it doesn't have anything to do with that. No, it's no, it's style just it's his is art style. Yeah, exactly. The style is consistent throughout the whole thing. And I, I mean I, I prescribe to the theory of well, I should prescribe it's not like an adult. I subscribe to the theory of um no art's bad art, but there is, you know, there's art that you don't you don't enjoy and then I I think there is art that is technically unappealing like his anatomy on his female face is, is a bit technically unappealing um and I, the more i've i for the longest time i didn't really care much about comic book art i would just kind of fly through the story and i was more story driven but over the years i've kind of focused on more artists i enjoy and uh one of the big things i take away is i i can tell when an artist likes drawing things 
uh, more than other things because you can tell he does not enjoy spending a lot of time drawing Gale. Like he likes drawing Barbalian and um, Talkie uh, Walkie much more than he likes drawing, you know, even Abraham. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And why, I mean, I, and I can see the appeal. I'm not an artist; I can't draw anything. But like, I can see the appeal of drawing like uh, Robbie the robot or a uh, you know six foot five craggy looking alien would be really fun to draw. Yeah, no, you yeah you have a, you have a good point, definitely. And those are characters where that extra detail definitely works too. Well, and Taki Waki is this great uh, like like Robbie the robot, like kind of an like a throwback design, almost steampunky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the issue 12, I think, is uh, down the road is a whole talkie wa- I'm saying her name wrong. Talkie-walkie. It, it's, all it is is an origin story about her. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it's, yes. and it's, and it's, fan- and it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I definitely have to continue reading this. Yeah. She's so sassy. Now, did Jeff Lemire, yeah. did, he, uh, did he do Sweet Tooth also? Yes. Yes, yes he did. So, I, I, in terms of the art, did he do the art for Sweet Tooth? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. art. Yeah, I can, de- I can definitely see... The comparison between the two styles, then, because yeah, if you Very look back, stylistic, it's, exactly. It's it's almost that um that art house style where all the guys who do Mike Mignola, um, BPRD or Hellboy, all kind of start to take that house style of BPRD or, or Hellboy. They're just you know varying degrees of Hellboyish, Mignola esque kind of drawing to it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I, I was kind of dancing around that because I kept wanting to say, it looks like Hellboy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, not quite. I mean, right. like, Hellboy's got a lot more contrast to it, and it's, yeah, it's definitely got its own a- appeal, but I I kept thinking Hellboy in my head. And again, I don't know, like, if you go back and look at Demon Ormson's uh, artwork on other stuff, it's not, it doesn't, his style is not this. Like, this oh, is clearly a, a style I think he adopted or... I don't know, maybe adopted, but amplified for this, if that oh, makes sure. sense. I wasn't super familiar with other stuff that he's done, or at least I don't know that I am. Uh, I wasn't either, other than I read Lucifer, and I knew his name from Lucifer. and that, That's about all I can really connect the two with. He did a lot of Judge Dredd, too. Yes, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that makes sense, yeah. But you mentioned 2080. Yeah, I could definitely see that kind of style, because some of that stuff is... It will. It, it's it's all right to be uglier, you know. Like I, yeah, exactly. I, for some reason, I was thinking of Punisher. It made me feel like. Mm. Well, like um, well, Frank Frank Castle's got a little bit of dread lip going on, so. Yeah. When we read what <laughs> Punisher, yeah, some time ago we read Punisher Max, and that had a very kind of grotesque style to yeah. to it. Well, and it won an Eisner in 2017 for best new series, apparently. Yeah. Really. So. This is award-winning, but yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would recommend this to people. I think it's good. Yeah, me too. Or maybe not every. Well, I like with everything. Not everybody, probably. Yeah. There's somebody that would be a pain in my butt about it. But <laughs> don't recommend it to your mom. People that don't read comics. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't recommend this to uh, Patrick's dad. No, no, like it? no. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, he would not it's like too this. Meta, too, too no. meta for his dad. And he would, you know, like there'd be something he, he would focus on like, why is that roof brown? Why is that roof brown? And like, you know, there's a, a floating oh. witch. And I'm like, I don't know, Ben. There's like, there's a lot of other stuff going on. This other than a floating, you know, roof. Focus <laughs> <laughs> the odds, the strangest details. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, I just, I don't mean to do it. <laughs> No, you don't. You don't do it that bad. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I think it was great, and I had lots of questions, and that's always a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Ra- rather than me com- like complaining about it, I uh, I'm curious about it. That's that's a that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank oh. you. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, thanks good. for thanks for the recommendation on this. Yeah. If I could throw one out for you and, and for listeners in the down the road, if you want to put this on a, on a poll list, is Jeff, especially on Halloween, Jeff Lemire's The Nobody, which is mm-hmm. his uh, Invisible Man story. It's just a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's probably his best artwork and it's like this it, it mashes up like um a horror kind of like it is definitely a horror story but it's also like a romantic family drama story interesting i like the title too yep all right uh let's let's do uh let's do some letters page i guess yeah oh yeah that's right this is randy from in the future and i have a very important message for you the Grolix podcast is missing something and that something is you. Join our letters page segment. If you have thoughts on what we're reading, what we just read, what we're about to read, what you're reading, or you just want to say hi, send us an email to letters at grolixpodcast.com and we'll read and discuss your letter on the show. What, what the devil? What are you doing here? Hey folks, this is Randy from Further in the Future. And what my former self Neglected to mention is we also have a Google Voice line. You can call it, leave a message, and we will play that message on the next episode of the Grolix Podcast. Try to keep it under two minutes. Whatever you want to talk to us about, talk to us about it. Ideally, something related to the show. Dial 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. Type that into your phone, you'll be connected to our voicemail. Leave us a message, and we will play it on the show. What? This is getting ridiculous. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. This is Randy from even further in the future. And what these two knuckleheads neglected to mention is if you'd rather send us an MP3 recording of yourself to play on the show, you can hit that email. Again, that's letters at growlixpodcast.com with an MP3 attachment, and we'll play it during the show. Just try to keep your language clean and keep it under two minutes. Also, hey Bonehead, did you just shoot our younger self? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's cool. Shouldn't we be doing the Marty McFly disappear from the picture act right now? No, it's fine, he, he was a time remnant. Oh, a time That doesn't make sense! That do, a time remnant doesn't make sense. At some point, older Randy has to travel back to talk to younger Randy. But if older Randy kills younger Randy, younger Randy never gets to become older Randy and travel back in time. It's time travel, not cloning. We're not cloning and sending ourselves back. We're just time traveling. You don't know that. We could be operating on primer rules. In that case, there can only be one. And this is this is Matt D. This is Matt D. This is good synergy because uh, Matt D is one of our listeners because of... Uh, Oh, Our yeah. guest spot on Make Dad Read Comics. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, good. <laughs> Full yeah, we, circle. Yeah, oh, we stole one of your people. No, no. Good. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know. I don't think we stole him. I think he's just he's know, just I got just... discerning tastes. That's he, fine. he listens to the best podcasts. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy letter here from Matthew Downs. Greetings, you great group of Grolixers. <laughs> I just want I just wanted to start off I, I received this just after the beginning of January, so I just wanted to start off saying happy new year. I'm currently having a deja vu moment as I have been listening to your archive and current episode. Okay, he, yeah, he's been listening to our archive and our current episodes as they come out. 
Mm-hmm. That's gonna be confusing as as uh-huh. heck because we just we we constantly reference ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I just happened to hear January first, two thousand seventeen, and January first, two thousand eighteen, back to back. Oh, that'd be all right. <laughs> so for me, it was two New Year's recaps within a two-hour span. Oh, maybe that, maybe not so good. Says <laughs> <laughs> so a li- little timey-wimey. Speaking of timey, oh, he's gonna know exactly the things that we like didn't follow up on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> speaking of timey-wimey, I also enjoyed your review of the Doctor Who Christmas special. Ooh, we're getting all kinds of the Doctor Who uh, opinions on this episode mm-hmm. again. I have to agree with you on several points. One. David Bradley made an awesome first Doctor. I thought he portrayed the 60s-era Doctor to a T. And he spelled mm. it T-E-A. I don't know if that was like a pun or a joke. It's Because well, capi- he's it's, British. Yeah, I, so, I know. Yeah. It's capitalized, so it's got to be. I honestly have to say individuals, not people on this podcast, that focus on the sexism brought up by Bradley's portrayal of a fictional character need to really take a step back and see that it's only a TV show and not some hidden feminist agenda. B, as in the first one was... Point one. This yeah. is point B. Mark Gatiss's character was fantastic. I thought it was awesome that he was the brigadier's father. Not to mention, he felt like a classic companion stumbling onto the Doctor's TARDIS. Hmm. Point three. Stephen Moffat needs to stop rehashing old old ideas. Yep. Oh man, uh, we st- yeah we we could spend a whole episode on that one. I think we almost. <laughs> I think we have before. Uh, yeah, well, probably. <laughs> the use of the afterlife with saving people. Like the season closer for season eight with Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink? D- uh, with Danny Pink yeah. when he turned into oh, Cyberman yeah. and right. Missy used TARDIS technology and yeah. The, uh, Steve Pushimi popped in my head. I was like, Mr. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that yeah, would be too. that'd be a great great uh yeah, let's do that mashup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. <no>. Danny Pink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Reservoir Cyberman. What like what pink? Like okay. I won't continue. Uh, I mean, come on. Sci-fi shows like Doctor Who really shouldn't address God, Earth-based religions, or the afterlife. Interesting point. From my viewpoint, it pulls me out of a sci-fi story. It loses a little something for me. I really can't place my finger on it, uh, but it just doesn't have the same glow to the story. Then, of course, you get into the theological type feeling, and next thing you know, you're on a holy crusade. Okay, I think I let I, I think I went off the rails a little on that one. Let me rein it back. Basically, it's the same to me as Star Trek V. What does God need with a starship? Need I say more? Okay, so that could be a can of worms with God in the afterlife and science fiction stories. Sorry. Interesting points there. I could see that being very conflicting for people. It doesn't generally bother me, mm-hmm. but I, it just depends, I guess, on the story. But it um, does bother me that uh, Moffat goes back to that well. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Over sure. and over and over, which I think is his point, and I I'm I, I agree with him on that. Like he he overuses it. Let's see. And finally, the doctor. And finally, on the Doctor Who talk, anyway. And finally, the Doctor as a woman. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a way old school Doctor Who fan, and I see the character as a male. I'm curious how the Doctor will be portrayed as a woman. Honestly, I hope that they keep his slash her core values of being a strong character and the writers don't rewrite her into a weak character. Oh, I twisted my ankle on this rock. I can't mm. see that. Also, I thought we it was... We haven't... Had, I mean, uh, if we can just stop for a sec. Uh, uh, we heard how uh, Patrick's dad felt about it, I think, in the clip that uh, you sent us. Uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I, I I think I ate my dad's take on, like, you know, 
my, my idea is like he's a space alien from outer space. He's thousands of years old. Why would it be that shocking that he would change into a woman? Uh, mm-hmm. just, 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 just gotta go with it. Like, I, I, I probably had more like Matt's uh, take. I was like, well, you know what? Like, I don't want the story to suddenly change tone and shift to something completely different than what it is. And everyone be very hung up on the, the you know, make writing it with a female voice and da da da. But then, that, then my dad was just like, what's it really matter if it's, if it's a man or a woman, Patrick? If it has Doctor Who's name on it, it's still Doctor Who. And I was like, you know what, Dad? I just gotta take your thousand yard view of everything. And then I, but you know, the, the, take this. As a grain of salt, then I said, "Hey, Dad, what's a spaceship he flies around?" He'd be like, "A Bargamus." And I'm like, "A what?" He'd be like, like the ship's called the Bargamus. And I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, "All right, fair enough." A Bargamus, <laughs> I love it. So, like, you know, that's because the guy who called it the, the hardest a Bargamus because it sounded like it. They, they thought, thought that's what they were saying. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think, like, you know, again, it's a space alien. Like, just yeah, expand the disbelief. And you know what? Things change. Your Doctor Who still exists the, the, for years and years and years. This Doctor Who will be another Doctor Who. My Spider-Man still existed. He's still around. He's not Tony Stark's Spider-Man right now. No one killed my Spider-Man just because right. he came black or whatever else. He's always going to be Spider-Man. I, wait, I, I, wave I your hand above your head. That was comic books. Doctor Who. Whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah, wave books. your hands. Yeah. yeah. Wave your hands. Yeah. And I think I think... I mean, essentially, it comes down to uh, this was kind of, I think, our takeaway on the initial conversation. But his point of like, he says, you know, th- I hope that they keep his slash her core values of being a strong character. I right. Mean, essentially, like, yeah, they just. Yeah. If as the long writing's as well good, written. if the writing's as good, long as she's be, well yeah, written, that's going to get confusing. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I kind of ran into that issue with with Missy slash Master. Right. And what well, I see the point where he says, like, you know, suddenly we're going to have this story written where, you know, she's. um. Britain is this dainty woman falling and, and, and twisting her ankle and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I don't think it'll fall into that trap, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, like I, 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 I would hope not. I'd hope mm-hmm. it'd be heads up enough not to do so, but that would just yeah. be poor, poor writing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Continuing on here. Also, I thought it was rather awesome that out of the three of you on the podcast, it was Melanie <laughs> to make a comment about the TARDIS quote, kicking the female doctor out. Mel, you are my hero. Can I be like you when I grow up? Sure. For a devout <laughs> for a devout women suck card member, you surprised me. Perhaps there is some Christmas cheer in that in the Grinch's heart. <laughs> that heart is bigger on the inside, so. Mm. <laughs> and speaking of females, how about those paper girls? Man, okay, so, yep, we're going to talk about Paper Girls, which we discussed last episode. I like that one also. Man, I'm so glad you all you all got to read this book, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Okay, sorry, this is, again, I got this before this, the episode came out. This book really uh, brought me back to my childhood. It had that feel of an 80s teen adventure, like Goonies, E.T., or Monster Squad. What's not to love? We have the typical arch- archetype characters from most 80s films, the honor student kid with uh, that is... Focus on her schoolwork and making the right decisions. The bad boy slash girl character that smokes, causes trouble, and has a broken home life. The sports kid with a hockey stick. And the techie kid that saved up her earnings to buy a walkie-talkie. It's a, yeah, totally. Uh, or a talkie-walkie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, I, I in that story, I wouldn't have been surprised to see like uh, somebody like <laughs> Yeah, out. no doubt, no doubt. Then there is the big threat. Our heroines uh, get sucked into by some crazy cosmic circumstance. Future time traveling teenagers, 
the coolest cliffhanger was them finding an iPod from one of the teens and then referencing their school's new computers. Oh yeah, that's that's a good that's fun. Yeah, that was a good part. Okay, so my age is going to show here, but I can totally remember when my grade school got Apple II, Apple II E's and playing Oregon Trail during recess on winter days. Broken axle. Spend two days repairing it. Uh, where the hell can I get an axle in the middle of Nebraska? Uh, <laughs> everywhere. We still sell them. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay. Where, where the hell can I get an axle in the middle of Nebraska while I try to hunt an 8-bit bear to feed my family? All right, okay. that's fair. There are there are way too many eight bit bears in Nebraska. I know it's a yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, back to Paper Girls. Plus, it's about freaking time travel. How fracking cool is that? Cue Back to the Future theme song here. Uh, I don't want to do that, but yes. Wait, back to da da. Wait, 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 how's the Back to the Future theme song go? Um, I don't know. I keep hearing Ghostbusters. Gigawatts. How about that? Is that good enough? Gigawatts. And then, of course, there's the strange guy that is in charge of the future adults. He sort of reminds me of a warped Doctor Strange. I really don't have a whole lot to say about him other than he's just strange. Hey, speaking of things that are strange and of the 80s, I started... Oh, yeah. I started watching Stranger Things based on your discussions in your archive episodes. Why would he take so long? Oh, I know, right? Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure he's he's probably finished it by now. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Because this is a month ago, right? Yeah. Uh, much like Paper Girls, I am so digging this series right now. I'm only four episodes in, and I have to say, Winona uh, Ryder is selling the bat crap crazy uh, <laughs> mom. Oh, man. Yeah, she does. Oh, she really does. The cliffhangers from each episode makes me look for, uh, forward to the next one. The series is awesome. Uh, the only thing that it is missing so far is a cool 80s TV car chase sequence where a car flips over and bursts into flames. Well, oh, hang in there, Matt. Hang yeah. in there. <laughs> you might get that. Maybe even have a tank in there flattening a few cars driven by, gen- by a genetically altered monkey. Hmm. I got to say, I love Matt's uh, segues in all of his emails. Oh, I know. He just seamlessly goes from talking point to talking point. Hey, speaking of tank driving monkeys, I just bought what? this book. <laughs> I just bought this book online from Amazon called Tank Monkey. It is Grolix hilarious. Jesse, I don't know where you come up with this stuff, but I love it, man. I totally hear Colonel uh, Colonel Clink from Hogan's Heroes as the force of Panzer. Panzer is like my, he's my uh, anti-tank monkey. He's the bad guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I actually, I responded to this email, but uh, he's not far off because I kind of based, uh, I kind of based that character off of uh, Fearless Leader from Rocky and Bowinkle. And he kind of does sound like, Colonel Clank, so there you go. <laughs> oh, and Baron Silver Baron Silverback is so Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Four. Oh, I break big time. you. <laughs> <laughs> big time. I just cracked the spine on it last night, which was uh, the first of the year, uh, January first, and I have read the first half of the Rise and Fall of Tank Monkey. Uh, yeah, and that's probably one of the best parts of that book. <laughs> so, so. Uh, hopefully, you enjoy the other stuff too. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> It led with my best material. All right, and it goes on a little bit more, but I'll I'll skip over that. We got uh, the main. Uh, thank thank you, Matt. Thank you for buying yeah. the book. Uh, thank you for enjoying it. Uh, it's it's yeah. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I'd like to get back to it someday. We'll see. Life. <laughs> and Matt, you are our favorite little rascal, Spunky, <laughs> Spunky D. Yeah, Spunky D. Patrick, thank you for being on the show with us. Man, why did we wait so long? I don't know. I, I'm very happy. I, like I. I've 
thought of inviting myself on people's shows before, but I think that'd be gross. And you were the first ones yeah. I thought of. Invi- you know, you know what? I think Randy. I think I did invite myself on. I was like, you can have me on a nights or a bites or something. Just and uh, just randomly talk. I think I invited. <laughs> I think I invited myself a long time ago. And you're nice. Oh, and you're yeah. like, yeah, maybe, maybe in the future. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. We it, were we were actually talking about doing it immediately, and then uh, just the uh, I don't know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't think we ever got back to Patrick. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're not great about guests because we. People will ask us or we'll even be like, hey, we really need to have Patrick or so-and-so on. Like, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're, yeah, let's do it. And then we, like, it just we'll doesn't. just fall back into format, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. Like, oh, so okay. it's, it's. We're glad that you me, were able to come back on. We've wanted we've wanted to for a long time. It's just a matter of, it's like, true. scheduling I've and actually doing it. heard it many a time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Thank <laughs> um, you, Melanie. If Melanie said it, I know it's true. Then I know that, like, you're, you're probably lying to me. I don't. I don't do good at the no, not Melody. saying, not saying what Melody's I feel. Melanie's the trustworthy one. I don't know yeah. if that's good or bad. <laughs> She's the straight shooter. Yeah, that's right. There you go. There you go. All right, Patrick. Where the, where can they find your stuff? Where where can they listen to you or whatever? If you listen to podcasts in, in any way whatsoever, like if you listen to podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Player FM, just put in Make Dad Read Comics or put in Almost Educational. Make Dad Read Comics is where I make my dad read a comic book or a collected edition of a comic book every single week and try to explain comic books to a 69-year-old man. Uh, Almost Educational is with my friend and a guy I used to teach with, but he's still a teacher now. Dennis, it's everything we can't get to uh, in terms of curriculum and classroom that we'd love to talk about, that we talk about on the podcast. A lot of times it delves into like alternate history or uh, hot takes on the news that we couldn't talk about in the class. We try to frame around uh, our government or English class. And in the near future, if Dennis gets on it, maybe we'll have a Patreon page uh, because people have asked us to make one too. So your explanation of... Uh, Patreon payouts made me a little nervous. I was like, ooh, this is a dentist department. But uh, you can edit that part out. <laughs> but no, uh, you can find both of those. Uh, we actually have a website. It's almosteducational.com. We put up lots of links to uh, articles and so forth that we talk about on there. Awesome. And I, I love both episodes. Or, like, I love both shows. Oh, am, good. Thank uh, you. I'm an avid uh, listener of both. I oh, would good. be you Maybe. You were a few crossovers we have. I don't think there's a lot of crossover either. I've asked other people and they've emailed, I think, including Matt in the future. He's like, no, I don't listen. I'm like, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Melanie doesn't listen to anything, so. I mean, like, they're not all for me. I don't get into the sports stuff, but. uh, Good for you. No, that's fine. You guys guys get into your alternate history or you created the board game. Uh, The political board game was excellent. Oh, that episode was crazy. Alternate history, knife fight was, oh, my God. Well, people go listen to that. Constitutional, <laughs> constitutional crisis. The board game is, is being uh, physically constructed by Springs. Um, well, yeah, physical construction. Yep. I need that, that in my be, life. And that might go along with the launch of the Patreon page. We'll see if we can do it. If I can actually say Patreon or Patreon right the right way, we'll do it. Because I don't know how to even say it. <laughs> I think you're doing good. Oh, good. All right, come on, we're in. This is awesome. We're in the Grolic Studios. Look, it's a plate of Mel's Hot Biscuits. I've heard about those. Oh my god, check it out, Jesse and Randy's Beard Oil. I didn't know you can buy that in buckets. Well, that Sam Club's membership is really paying off. Okay, let's get in their computer and drop this promo. Okay, let's do it. We're the Roman Podcast, and in the future, we're sneaking a promo on the Grolic Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, seriously. Go, go, go. Here, sir. Here we go. I'm Roman LeBeau. And I'm Rob Gast. 
and we're from the Roman Podcast. We're just two Canadian guys getting together once a week to put our own spin on weird stories and trending news. That's right. You can get our show every Wednesday night on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Laughable app, and of course, here on the EMC Podcast Network. Okay, I think this. I think we got it. Uh, put that in their show. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. While I'm in their computer, I'm just going to update their comic book pull list for the next few months. What are you adding? Captain Canuck, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tune in to The Kickouts, your weekly pro wrestling guide, right here on the Electric Media Collective Podcast Network, covering all the latest news, results, previews, rumors, and more from the world of professional wrestling, as well as covering the wrestling scene right here in Ireland. This is Jesse, Fortune and Grolix kid, Fortune and Grolix. This is Melanie, and I'm a relatively respectable citizen, multiple Grolix perhaps, but certainly not dangerous. This is Randy. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to Grolix. This is Patrick. It's Grolix, Jake. It's Grolix. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. This is Patrick. I've came here to kick ass and chew Grolix, and I'm all out of Grolix. <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. Yeah. And and it's perfect that you did that one because we have done that one multiple. I times. thought so. I know, I know, I know. You have. That's why I went in my head. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's perfect. Oh, it's perfect. oh, stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I got. Then I got alternate. One sec, one sec. I got. I got to bring it up so I can say it right. Please. I. I this okay. is one of my favorite parts of the show. So hold on.